Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and today is a special episode. It's a spoiler cast of Life is Strange 2. I'm sure you saw it in the episode description, but we're joined by a special guest and returning friend. We have Nick Jenkins from the Gamers Without Borders podcast. How you doing, Nick? Hello, hello. I'm doing pretty good, and hopefully this podcast will be, spoiler alert, more fun than Life is Strange 2. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. A lot of people, if you're a fan of our show, know going into this that this was more or less an underwhelming game for the m- majority of us, at least. But we're going to yeah. try to do our best to play it fair and give this game a good review. I don't know. I, I think overall at the end, there are like some redeeming qualities, but there are a lot of uh, problems, but we're going to get into all that good stuff. But before we do, I do just want to see how you've been, Nick. It's been a little bit since we've had you on the show. Uh, any plans for the return of Gamers Without Borders or is life a little too busy right now? I Honestly, I we're probably in a better, po- I'm in a better position to do it. Like things are sort of calmed down for me. And, and so I really want to make time and as, as kind of as cliche as it is to say, oh, a new year and let's do all new things. I've already done one new year cliche that I finally joined a gym. Uh, oh, nice. So that's that's one cliche to tick off the list, and I, and I really I really do want to get around to it. I really need to um to get yeah, to get in touch with the uh one of the two fans of this show, Judge Greg, and actually get ours back <laughs> on the road because a depressing thing was I was kind of semi jokingly uh, recommending my podcast to someone, went on my own website and realized I think we're coming up on a year since we last did an episode. It so, happens. Hiatuses uh, yeah. are very common in the podcasting world, so as long as you plan on reviving it, uh, people will listen. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it will happen, like, and it's not going to disappear or anything. I'm still happy to, even when we're on hiatus, like, I'm still going to keep the website going and stuff. So if anyone has a weird desire to go back and listen to our back catalogue, it's all still up there. Um, so so it's not disappearing anytime soon. And I feel, like, proud to be able to offer, like, for those people that are missing uh, your voice during the hiatus, you're on our show every now and then, so that's pretty cool. And that's what I mean, this is a great opportunity, because I know you're also a pretty big Life is Strange fan. That's what I mean. Yeah. Really, before we go into two, uh, let me just kind of get uh, your thoughts on how does this compare to Life is Strange 1, Before the Storm, and even maybe uh, we could talk a little bit about Captain Spe- the Amazing Adventures of Captain Spirit. I'm pretty sure we did an episode that was a spoiler cast of that it was more or less a regular abts but we did kind of just go into the deep spoilers of that i i want to say demo but it was really just like a mini episode yeah well kind of before jumping into specifics i think one of the most telling things is if if you go back to when uh season one was happening i shouldn't really say season because they are separate games um it was it was everywhere and obviously i know social media and twitter especially can be a bit of an echo chamber but like you couldn't move for people talking about it. People were starting podcasts just for it and, and, and getting interviews with the voice actresses and stuff like that. And it was everywhere. And then contrast that with Life is Strange 2. And I think I've, I said this at the time. There were quite a few times where I was completely unaware that new episodes had even dropped because yep. there seemed to be no publicity, like not even from like the official accounts almost. Like I was finding out like secondhand. Right. I see a random like post from like IGN or someone saying, by the way, there's a new episode out. And like it, it's, it's such a difference and it almost gives me the sense like, 
did the studio not have as much faith in this or something like or like a lack of budget for publicity i mean in all reality the first life is strange and before the storm if i'm not mistaken were pretty big successes so you think they'd follow up with like i don't know they're uh, veterans of the gaming industry they'd know how to release this and get everyone playing the latest episodes but i too there was plenty of episodes that went by like on un- completely under my radar i'm like oh shit i should be playing that and i didn't even hear about it so uh, that's another problem with this one they spread the episodes out way too far in fact let's go over that real quick uh captain spirit came out on june 25th of 2018 and then episode one of life is strange 2 came out a few months later uh, the 27th of september uh episode two was then january 24th of 2019 May 9th for episode 3, August 22nd, and then December 3rd for episode 5. Like, super spread out to the point where I was losing track of what was even going on in the story. I feel like anybody that wanted to take on this game was better off waiting until all the episodes were were released to enjoy it as, like, one congruent thing. Because otherwise, you just lose track of everything if you play it episodically. Well, that's the crazy thing, because um, I'm sure I've mentioned this countless times, but it's Life is Strange, so I'm going to mention that that when I played the first game, I waited until it was all out and kind of missed it and and played it all together in a very short space of time. And then kind of as soon as 2 was announced, I was like, right, I'm going to play it episodically, I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to be part of the conversation and all that stuff. Yeah. But then there wasn't really a conversation like there was with Season 1. Like, I'd really kind of hoped that there was going to be a big discussion. I don't know, me and you spoke privately a few times about it, but because we weren't that impressed, the extent of our conversations were like, that was kind of bad. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's frustrating how uh, underwhelming this one is. I mean, all right, it, it all boils down to the story, about a little bit how unbelievable some of the things are, uh, some of the politics they're trying to force into the game that just felt heavy-handed and unnecessary. It, yeah. There was just certain issues that I feel like already... it started off on the wrong foot uh let's get into it all right episode one is titled roads and you meet our main characters sean diaz and daniel uh son of i forget the dad's name but it, it's esteban. not like he lasts as long very <laughs> unfortunately but oh esteban that sounds familiar yeah uh the diaz family they're great i feel like you're you get to start off from Sean's perspective of like, oh, I'm in high school and about to go to a party and there's this girl, Jen, I'm interested in uh, maybe potentially meeting and hooking up with or whatever. Uh, I I remember as I was playing that beginning of the game, I'm like, this does feel like life is strange. I'm excited. I'm, I can't wait to go to this party, blah, blah, blah. You never get to go to the party. You end up yeah. webcamming with your friend Lila and uh, are interrupted by hearing your neighbor outside with an altercation with your brother. And this all boils down to, like, I'm pretty sure someone even said to Daniel, they're like, stay in in our yard, like, don't fuck around. And yeah. he ended up going into the neighbor's yard, and that ends up uh, ending in him splashing Halloween, or, like, fake blood all over this guy's shirt because it's, like, Halloween season. Uh, yeah. I don't want to just keep uh, going on. What, what are your thoughts of this whole, the beginning of the game? Yeah, and I th- kind of exactly like you say, like, when it first started, I was like, yes! More teen drama in right, my life. Right, exactly. My That's life. what we want out of Life like, is Strange. I don't am know I gonna, why. Am I going to hook up with this girl? What's going on with my friends? It's like, this is what I play this game for. This is amazing. Exactly. And I, no. yeah, I, I came in with, with such hope and it kind of, well, it, it went in a very different direction. And it's, it's quite interesting because um, I, at the end of each episode, was following, was kind of where there were conversations, um, was trying to sort of keep track of it. And, and I know that 
after episode one, there was a huge outpouring of kind of of support, and a lot of people really liked the character of uh, Layla or Lila, and yeah. um, and I, I think because because she was kind of like she felt like a very life is strangey character, if that makes sense. And I it think does. a lot of people were really expecting her to figure more, and then she kind of just disappears. Well, obviously we can get onto her a little bit more later on, but like I was kind of thinking, oh yeah, you're setting up these really cool relationships, like. Like, before a lot of the other stuff happened, I was thinking, oh, I bet something's going to happen between her and Sean, even though Sean says he likes this other girl. Like, exactly, You could sort right? of see the, class- the classic, like, high school kind of, oh, my best friend who's a girl, and we don't really see each other like that, but actually we kind of do, and I'm like, that's the sort of drama I want. Absolutely, but they <laughs> completely missed the mark on that opportunity, but... It, yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. All right, so... Then, like I said, there's the altercation with Daniel and the neighbor. His name's Brett, if I'm not mistaken. And Brett's just an, a racist piece of shit, like, white guy trying to start problems. I mean, literally, if this kid spilled fake blood on you and it's an accident, just be like, whatever, and then walk away. No, he's like, I want to beat the shit out of your big brother. Uh, you, as Sean, have the ab- the ability or option to choose. Uh, you can question Daniel or you can confront Brett and be like, yo, fuck you and get into a fight. Yeah. Uh, what did you do at that point? I'm trying, I honestly, my memory is like Swiss cheese and I played this game like back when they were for each episode was coming out. So I don't remember exactly each one, but, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I questioned Daniel because I'm thinking you're a little kid. What did you do? Like, how did this happen? But most people probably confronted Brett and were like, just going to defend your brother regardless. That's exactly what I was going to say, because basically what I'm just pulling up is I made I took pictures of uh, all my decisions, and obviously this has got like this sort of uh, global stats, as it were. Uh, oh, and I yeah. Quest- and I questioned Daniel as well. Um, and yeah, like you say, you could either question or confront, and the split was 25% questioned Daniel, like we did, but 75% confronted Brett. For sure. I mean, in the heat of the moment, uh, that's a song. I'm not going to play it, but uh, yeah. I feel like it's it, f- it feels very emotional to just be like, well, of course I'm just going to defend my brother against this asshole. But I was also playing from like a perspective of like a responsible adult, which Sean isn't necessarily yet. He's just a teenager, so I'm just thinking, uh, well, let's like be as uh what's diplomatic as possible <laughs> and yeah. see what happened here before a uh, fist has to be thrown. But yeah. uh, a lot of people went the other way. Yeah. I kind of think is that almost a lot of people taking their game, a mindset of, Oh, I need to do the thing, do the big obvious thing to like advance the story. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it could be, but I, I do just want to call out purely because I've got the, uh, the decisions up here. And so the, the, every single decision as well. Um, for the 10 people that didn't hug, uh, Esteban, uh, Sean's dad, what's, what's wrong with you guys? Yeah, what That's is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely tried to play as like, a compassionate uh family member I, that's the thing this whole game also stems on your relationship with daniel the younger brother and there's just uh certain like brotherhood bonding decisions that occur throughout yeah. the game and also just like morality decisions and oh man nick there's certain things that i thought i was playing the game a, a certain way and would expect this outcome and then the game would completely 180 on me and be like nope this is actually what's happening i'm like but why i thought i was making the right decisions this whole time so there is a lot of uh variation and in fact i'm if i'm not mistaken there's seven different endings to the game and we'll get to the majority of those because a few of them yeah. are just like minor altercations like oh this character happens to be there or not yeah because I, th- I think that kind of sort of taking a step back and and looking at kind of what this game generally was trying to do and the genre is really interesting because I think if you look at the first game, it was kind of saying, right, you've got the telltale narrative 
choose your own decisions idea and what the season and what the first game did was say oh imagine if you could literally see every outcome and then make the quote-unquote best possible decision and they say oh that's fair enough and I think what this game was trying to do but doesn't really only really tries to pull it off at the end is kind of say imagine if you were playing a a choose a decision game where sometimes exactly like you say Doug oh you choose a decision but then the characters flip out 180 and it's about educating and teaching someone that as a premise in the genre is really cool. Like it's kind of to yeah. take that agency away from the player and say, no, you're not this weird godlike figure that says you will do this. Like sometimes people will do something else, but it didn't quite like it didn't stick the landing like a yeah. lot of this game. I, I definitely see what you're saying, and I agree with that 100%. And, I mean, just the, the way this game, the episode starts off with this huge, dram- dramatic, like, climactic moment of the dad being shot by a police officer. All right, so you end up fighting Brett. Uh, he falls down on a rock a bad way, and it ends up, like, making him bleed out and just die on the spot. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, that was really brutal and upsetting, because it's like, I-, I get you're defending your brother, but no one needs to die here. So a police officer witnesses this, comes up. This police officer is the most spineless, like, uh, like just unprepared officer of all time to the point where it's like, I guess he's never been in a situation where something dramatic has happened because immediately he's just like shaken by the fact that there's this dead kid. He's, uh, pulls out his gun, which at this, in all reality, unless somebody's posing a threat, I don't think you need to be pointing your gun at anybody, but yeah, if you want to like command these people to get on the ground and put their hands over their heads, that's fine. But I don't think you need your gun out. Regardless, dad sees police officer with gun pointed at kids and is like, what's going on? And it's just, everything's happening so fast and so just like, everyone's just yelling and just confused that eventually the police officer pulls the trigger and accidentally murders their father right in front of their eyes. And I feel like there's so much could have went differently that that outcome would have never happened, but that's the outcome we're presented with and hence the catalyst of this whole game. Uh, Daniel... I guess he doesn't notice his dad die, but he has like this emotional outburst where his uh, supernatural powers are unleashed and he sends the police officer flying. I'm pretty sure killing him and the cop car and everything. And that's what sets the game off. Your dad's dead. Your brother just showcased that he has superpowers, even though he did previously in Captain Spirit, that that whole demo and everything. And you're on the run now. And in all reality, that's another decision that, you're not given as a player, but I feel like Sean as a person should be like, we didn't do anything wrong. Why are we running? But you decide to run and your whole plan from that point on is we're going to try to go to our homeland of Puerto Lobos in Mexico because it's some th- place that his, their dad had talked about previously and where he originated from. So, uh, it was just so frustrating to be like, I, they're throwing in the whole, I guess, maybe even gun control agenda being like, uh, I will police, I would say, need uh, to be armed in order to protect the citizens. But also a lot of people are on the mindset now of all cops are bastards and shit. So I don't know. I don't even know where I stand on that point, because if somebody's trying to assault me or something, you bet I'm going to be calling the police for help. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I could be wrong, but like, was there a little bit that the police officer was a little was I don't not racist, but was making some like yeah, no, he was uh, comments absolutely, and he was also just under the assumption of like, well, look at these 
uh, foreign kids in front of like this dead white kid. I'm sure, and yeah. the police officer was white himself. I'm sure there was that kind of uh, tension. Yeah, so I think I think that's also like. I think one of the reasons why that I think I don't know if it's said explicitly, but kind of why they're not just like, oh, let's wait for the police, because I think their argument is kind of, oh, they're never going to believe our them. perspective. Yeah, yeah, they're always going to back up the white person, basically. Yeah, um, I, that makes sense too. Uh, unfortunately, in the world that we live in, so that's why I mean already. Uh, I know I've complained about this on previous ABTSs, but I truly, I play video games to escape the bullshit in this world. And then when I encounter it in one of my favorite franchises, it was just unsettling and I wasn't very happy with it. And I'm not sure if that was the general consensus, but uh, it just felt like, ugh, I guess that's what, what how we're starting this one off. But it it does give agency to these characters to be like, now we have to go to Mexico. So I get what they're doing, but it just, ugh, I don't know. I I. I like Life is Strange 2 at the end, but I just think if I'm giving it out of a like a 10 score, it's solidly like a 5 or a 6 and nothing more. But we'll get to that because I feel like the premise of Daniel having these superpowers, he basically just has like telekinetic powers where he can use the force essentially and just like move things with his mind and or like, the, yeah, his hands. He'll just like wave his hands and shit yeah. is flying. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of potential there and then they just went uh, a lot of different ways with it but that's kind of the gist of episode one uh you're on the run after this terrible incident is there anything that you want to shout out as far as any other decisions and stuff that happened during that yeah i'm just sort of looking through uh all the things because obviously i know there's quite a there's quite a big scene where you and you obviously you I think I think this is still episode one. Oh wait, this is yeah. I'm sorry. There's a lot more to episode one actually. In fact, yeah, because like you you go to like a gas station. Uh, That's right. For a while, and like you have a whole debate because like you've taken some money, and it's like you actually have to buy stuff, and like you've got to try and balance like what to buy. Um, and there's all that bit, and it's like, do you steal stuff? And because yes, yeah. yeah, so th- th- there is quite a lot there, but again, it's kind of forgettable. And the only thing that sticks in my head. From that first episode, because you meet, you run into that guy. He's like a blogger. I think he's called Brody. Yeah, and the only thing that sticks in my mind is there's a point where because you you hitch a ride with him for a while, where you stop off um, not far from Arcadia Bay, which is obviously where the first game is set. Yes, and this is kind of obvious, but I didn't realize this until after the fact that depending on what decision you made at the end of the first game, when you either look out, when you kind of look across the bay. It's either perfectly fine and people are like, oh, that's that really nice coastly town, or it's completely destroyed. And they're like, yeah, that was that town that was destroyed by that tornado a couple of years ago. Yes. And and at that moment, I was like, okay, yes, you've you've redeemed yourself slightly by referencing a much better game. Absolutely. I know what you mean, Nick. I was very uh, pleased to find that as well. In fact, mine, that's the thing, though. If I'm not mistaken, I played Original Life is Strange on Steam, so it it didn't really have a save file for my PS4 when I'm playing Life is Strange 2 on PS4. So I think it was just like a toss of a coin of which one you're going to experience at that point. Yeah. And mine was the Arcadia Bay's gone. It's a plaque reading about like, yeah, this is the city that was destroyed by a massive tornado. Uh. And I'm like, that's interesting. So there's, uh, yeah, that, that means, insin- implies that uh, Chloe and 
Max survived in my universe. And we'll get to that later because there's some more like yes. things that they point at. And I love that they are tying into this thing. But that that also begs a question. Imagine if Max was around during the encounter uh, where the where the dad gets shot. She could just reverse time and be like, everything's hunky-dory. But that's just too much to expect. Anyway, uh, that's another thing that happens at that gas station that we kind of glossed over before we drive off with Brody. There's another crazy racist that ends up kidnapping them. Oh, and yeah. It was absolutely insane. He was like the most racist character in this game. And actually, there's plenty more racists that you encounter. <laughs> but that's yeah. the thing. I feel like this guy was the epitome of evil. And he just like kicks Sean in the face. And like, I, he probably says something to the effect of, uh, this is why we're building that wall and shit. So like, it's yeah. very politically charged and this guy is a piece of shit and you have to escape and save Daniel. And then that's where you end up encountering Brody and he's somehow comes to the rescue and you guys drive away. And that's also where we learn that Daniel secretly stole the puppy mushroom, Ugh. which is adorable. But also that was another uh decision you had to be like, okay with the fact that Daniel brought this dog or are you going to be like, we can't have a dog with us and that's what I mean. Me as the responsible adult, it's like, we're literally on the run from the police, going to be trying to live in the woods and shit, traveling to Mexico and we're going to have this barking dog that's going to uh, I don't know, raise flags and bring people to us. It was just like a bad idea so I think in general, in the early episodes, I was making decisions that was pushing Daniel away from me as far as like our brotherhood factor and I just feel like in all reality, tough love isn't necessarily a bad thing for a kid like this. Like, he's gonna grow up quickly anyway because of all this trauma and everything, but I just feel like you you kind of want to be, like, a dad in in the absence of your dad, and here I am making decisions that make him, like, I don't know, re like, despise me <laughs> eventually. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, like, there are part of it where you kind of, you're kind of, you're trying to apply logic to it, and for better or for worse, they create a, a whiny child character very effectively. Yeah, oh man. And there Daniel were definitely points where I was like, I'm just going to do this so that hopefully Daniel doesn't whine for the next half an hour. <laughs> right? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, no, he, oh man, I remember Judge Greg feels very passionately about Max being the worst character in Life is Strange. Like, Daniel, without a question, no matter who plays this game, everyone can probably agree he is the worst. Because he just oh, makes yeah, no. so many... Terrible decisions, and it's just, I guess, uh, kid logic, but man, that sucks. Uh, that's another thing. During episode one, as you're, like, traveling through the wood and you're trying to bond with him, there was, like, this moment where you could, like, choose, like, some Lord of the Rings dialogue or Minecraft yeah. dialogue, both of which end up, I think building your relationship with him i went with the lord of the rings just because that's more uh i don't know same yeah. yeah i just connect with that more i never really played minecraft but i feel like either decision uh it makes daniel happy and feel a little more comfortable d despite yeah. the circumstances now, funnily enough it's not even listed as a decision in the decision oh thing. interesting that makes sense yeah that yeah. was a minor one um especially because it's the same outcome but that's the thing so you're traveling with brody he hooks you up with some money he basically tells you he knows about what's going on. He's like, yeah, you guys are on the run and uh, from Seattle or wherever the incident happened. And he's like, here's some money. Here's a hotel room. I got to get out of here because I don't want to get in trouble. So yeah. th I think that's basically, oh, no, before the episode ends, though, that's where Daniel learns by, I guess you go to like get some ice from the ice machine at this hotel or whatever. And Daniel sees the news that his dad's dead and he loses his shit. And basically his 
power gets out of his control and he has like this whole like spinning vortex thing that you have to go calm him down and basically apologize for lying and promise that you'll never do it again. Yeah, yeah. And um and yeah, that was kind of that was quite a good ending in the sense of it, obviously it was a it was a cliffhanger, but it was quite a good one. You're like, oh yeah. damn, okay, like they they had this sanctuary and now they're probably gonna have to leave again. And kind of obviously it put into perspective that just how powerful he was and how dangerous he was. Um, so yeah, like it's kind of it's quite easy to end things on a cliffhanger, but it was certainly quite good, I would say. Definitely. So that leads us to episode two rules. Uh. Uh, one of the more just feels like a filler episode, but I know episode three is the one that I actually enjoyed probably the most. Yeah, most of this podcast is going to be episode three because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah, it. for sure. So what what does happen in episode two? I'm pretty sure it's a little bit more uh, of them bonding in the woodlands and like honing his powers. In fact, they have like this abandoned house that they found and are just like hunkering down in that. But if I'm not mistaken, Daniel becomes pretty sick and they are like, okay, well, we can't stay here forever. And their plan is to go to their grandparents' house, which they, I guess, is on the way to Mexico. So they're like, and that's the thing. I'm thinking to myself, uh, it's pretty clear you guys are missing from the law and everybody's looking for you. If you show up at your grandparents, are they going to actually help you or turn you in? Um, Yeah. So Uh, that's kind of where this episode kind of begins. So yeah, just to double check, because I'll be completely honest, it's been a while since I've played it. Oh, for sure. Obviously, just just going off um, the kind of the decisions in the order. So basically... You have it looks like you have the bit where you're kind of walking around in the forest for a bit. Uh, you then meet uh, Sean and, and Daniel's grandparents. Uh, you do a lot of stuff with them, which I'll get to in a second. Yep. You then you then meet Chris, uh, and that's also when you meet Cassidy for the first time as well. Yes. Um, and then it kind of the cops show up, and then that's when you leave again, and that's when you end up in like the cabin in the woods kind of thing. Okay, that that I, I, probably. I, I is believe correct. that's the order that goes in just by going off of kind of the order of the, is that the it's the decisions are. So yeah, obviously, I think again, I think this game was kind of at its best in a weird way when it was a bit more self-contained. Yeah. Um, so like, obviously, the 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 time when you're with your grandparents and it's kind of, it's it kind of that balance of they are they want they want to help help out of like a sense of familial love and things like that but they're also quite concerned because they know what's happened and like there's a there's a whole tension around like uh daniel wants to know what happened to his mother and that's kind of clearly a really awkward topic for for the grandparents and stuff and so like there's a lot of tension but kind of yeah it 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 kind of goes a little bit more into sort of the deeper themes when the kind of you kind of will just stick everyone in a room and it's like right let's talk <laughs> right and that's another thing we've kind of failed to mention in the beginning is like yeah we mentioned sean uh daniel and esteban but the, there is no real mother figure she's out no. there uh she just i guess said f you family i don't really want to be involved it was very just much like a dramatic thing between i did they get divorced or did she just leave i don't even recall the whole backstory there but long story short she's not in the picture but she's out there somewhere and that's she does later show up. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So then I think kind of the next thing, the next kind of major story beat of that episode is... Do, 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 do. Well, I, I know after Daniel's like bonding with Chris and stuff, you come back to the grandma 
parents' house and like this dresser falls on to yes. the grandfather and it's like, oh shit, you're presented with the dilemma of do you display Daniel's power to the grandparents or do you keep it uh, hidden? I think either way you save the grandfather. I thought if you don't use the power, it's like, well shit, he's probably going to die. Yeah, I think it's something like the difference is just like how severely he's injured or something. Yeah. Um, that it's like, if, yeah, if you don't do it. So yeah, it's worth mentioning. Oh, because interestingly, uh, it says the two options listed. It says you let Daniel use his power to help Stephen and he wasn't hurt, or you choose to pull Daniel out and he uh, choose to pull Stephen out and he injured his leg. Ah, that's it. I think it's something where the grandfather's like reaching up to get something out of this cupboard. And there's a point where you can get, oh, Daniel, go get this, but obviously showing off Daniel's powers, or you let the grandfather do it. But if you let the grandfather do it, that's then how it falls on him, I think. Okay. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Sorry to our audience as we try and desperately piece together this game that we've (laughs) not... It's I don't know. It's almost like a year after the fact that we're doing a spoiler cast of it. It's a little bit our fault, but I I didn't feel like playing the whole game over again. I got the gist of it. That's what I mean, especially knowing our opinions of it. It was good, but not worth replaying. Yeah, one one small bit I wanna wanna touch on is in this episode because there's a brief bit where you like go into the town and you sort of that's like like a Christmas market kind of thing that you explore. Oh, that's right. And um, that also is the first time you get to meet my favorite my favorite person in this game and my absolute bay. Uh, that's Cassidy. Oh no, and I'm quite <laughs> I'm quite sad because I realized just looking back to this decision that apparently I didn't listen to her song the whole way through, so oh, I feel no. sad. It's okay. I let her down. You gotta show some respect to the artist. <laughs> I might have. I think I listened to her whole song. I'll have to check my decisions, but that's what I mean. Cassidy, I'm torn on. I we'll get to her. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get Finn to her as well. I feel like Finn, I collectively uh, is just like a dick, and I didn't really like him. But I was just watching a few different uh, playthroughs of the game, and this one playthrough, uh, we're gonna get to episodes three soon. But like this person had like a real deep connection with Finn, and they're just like super bros. I'm like, that is not how my game went at all. Yeah, but that's the thing. All right, so the climax of episode two is really when the police show up, and it's like, oh shit, you guys gotta get out of here, and. Oh man, my memory's failing me, but I know something crazy happens where it's possible that Captain Spirit gets hit by a car, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened in my playthrough. <laughs> that's what happened in my playthrough as well. <laughs> yeah, I felt awful because I'm like, uh, of course that's what happens in my playthrough. Yeah. I always have terrible outcomes, and there's probably a a better way for him to escape the being hit by a car. But uh, do you recall what, what was yeah, going down? Yeah, so I was, I was going to say, so there's there's three options in that scene. Uh, it's the cop chased you and Chris was hit by a car. Uh, the cop chases you and Chris wasn't hit by a car, and then the cop didn't chase you and Chris helped you escape. Oh, damn, that sounds like the best option, and I wish yeah. I would have done that. <laughs> but it looks like the majority ended up same as us, and Chris gets hit by a car. Yep, pretty much. That so, it's yeah, kind of unavoidable. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the last bit of that episode is the whole sort of staying in the shack. Uh, Mushroom the dog dies. Uh, yeah. Just a moment of silence. Just That was... I just hate when any game kills off an animal especially a little puppy like that was just brutal it got destroyed by a mountain lion and then daniel just like snaps it in half because out of anger so that was interesting uh it just also it felt like it was inevitable knowing that this dog like we're on the run from the law like we can't have a dog with us so i was right when i told him that even though he didn't want to hear it and then this happens it just kind of just was like i told you so even though it felt awful because i don't think the dog deserved to die so that sucked yeah Uh, that made the game lose points in my book. <laughs> yeah. 
No animal and abuse. Then, yeah, and then kind of, even though it's not the last decision in the episode I think one I think the key decision of this episode and it's mentioned here so I'm just going off the list is it's you either say overall Daniel was encouraged to use his power or he was repressed to use his from using his power and it's that sort of aspect that the game gradually tries to build on and it's kind of how you teach Daniel but yeah it doesn't always work yeah and that's the thing I feel like as an older brother, I would probably encourage, keep this shit under wraps, dude. You don't want the yep. FBI knocking on your door and nope. everyone coming after us. But instead, I feel like if you're the encouraging brother that says, yeah, use your power at any given opportunity, he's going to think you're the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, so yeah, because yeah, I think it end, the episode specifically ends with, I think you're just like camping out in the wilderness somewhere. Yeah. And then I remember when you went seeing just completely being blown away when you had the, like, uh, next time bit at the end, and it was like, you're on a weed farm. Yep, it's exactly. like, okay, where's this going? Now you've got my attention. I feel like now it's getting interesting. That's the thing. Episode 3, Wasteland, it starts off with a flashback uh, three months before the incident, and it's like, with uh, Sean and Daniel are having a fight, and Esteban eventually lectures Sean about being adult and watching over Daniel. It's like, that's what I'm trying to do. You're gone. You're no longer with us. I'm trying to be yeah. the dad figure, and it's just backfiring on me. Like, at least my play through anyway we'll get to the super climactic moment shit that happens in episode five but episode three like you said was a turning point at least the the characters and the story were finally getting interesting it didn't feel like a filler episode this was very much like a oh shit it felt like almost like breaking bad like getting involved where it's like all this like drug drama and like people with guns it gets fucking wild so i'll let you kind of take this over well yeah it was by far and away the best episode like i agree with you that overall i'd probably rate the series about a five or a six but this episode is probably easily an eight for me yeah and i think again it comes back to it kind of emulated the original game of it was in a relatively constrictive setting. Like, it, there weren't really many locations. Yep. There was a cast of characters. But even over the course of just one episode, you got really good character development and they all had really interesting backgrounds. Yes. Which is, which is always what the, which is what the original game was good at. Like, wh- whatever you thought of them personally, like, in the first game, you got backstory into Warren and Victoria and, and and Mr. Jefferson and, and and lots of other people and it's like that's what made that game work. Yes. And this and like it kind of is a bit bad to say, oh, the only good episode was basically the episode where it ripped off the first game, but that's worked <laughs> because the first game is, is so good and and right. I think and that and yeah, and I I remember kind of coming to the end of episode two thinking, Am I actually am I gonna stick this out? Like despite being the biggest life is strange man ever, right. I'm like, am I gonna stick this out? I know. And what then you mean. Episode three was like, yes, they've done it, they've done it, and I'll get into some of the specifics in a minute. And then I was like, yes, if they can keep up this level, then we're all okay. And then it kind of didn't. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Okay, so I also I'm semi biased because I just also am enthralled with like the weed culture out in like Humboldt County. In fact, one of my favorite indie films of all time is literally titled Humboldt County. I can't recommend it enough. I brought it up on ABTS, I'm sure, in the past, but go watch that movie. It's just a, a really good drama film. Uh, incredible. 
but it's also just about the drama of people trying to grow weed out there like for a living and so immediately i'm like okay you guys have my attention the character development like you said was fantastic i just feel like they also just did uh interesting things with daniel and his power and like the uh, the yeah the relationship with you and cassidy really kind of yeah, uh, developing yeah. in this episode uh sure. there's just so much that happened in this episode specifically that makes it shine and stand out yeah from the i rest. kind of feel like the majority of this podcast is going to be this episode and i it's, would quite happily do a whole podcast on just this episode right no um, it's fantastic one thing i have to say and i purely because it is how the episode opens and i think i joked about this on on the last time i was on your show actually but it still weirds me out that this for the first time in this series this history and the episode pretty much opens with nudity which is oh, weird that's right and it's something we'd never seen like obviously it's because i remember when this game was first announced one of the things someone pointed out is that i think the last game was a had a 16 plus age rating and then this game was an 18 plus and people were like oh what are they gonna do and it's mainly i think because of the drug references yeah but there's more kind of to use the commonly used phrase like adult themes which was interesting well yeah yeah i although i will maintain as i said last time in this art style nudity looks a bit weird oh absolutely it was it was definitely jarring in a way that wasn't pleasant Uh it looked very much sort of ps1 lara croft-esque yes a little bit polygonal definitely reminiscent of that um But, okay, so let's get into, like, the meat of this episode, though. They're basically, it, it's, it almost feels believable, because knowing that they're coming from Washington, have to get down to Mexico, you, you don't have a job, you don't have any money, what are you guys going to do? In this day and age, it's not that far, hard to believe that they'd get caught in this crowd and start making money by trimming yeah. buds off of plants in order to sell them. Uh, in the big, I, I don't want to say drug cartels, because it's probably just them supplying for a community of people up there. But regardless, it's people want drugs they will literally raid their uh farms and stuff and come in with guns and stuff so these people are protected they have like surveillance systems like they're not to be fucked with because also what they're doing is completely illegal so they have to maintain that like level of being off the radar and yeah. that's where our characters find themselves and apparently dan i mean sean is pretty good at like trimming the buds and as just a, all around a good worker but daniel just consistently fucks shit up <laughs> yeah Though I will say, I was in the 10% that apparently didn't trim very efficiently. Oh, really? It's yeah. I don't even know what I did, but I'm pretty sure I was a, a efficient trimmer. And I think I think it was a weird, like almost like quick time event. You had yes. to use like the jewel sticks or something weird. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I remember struggling with it. But that's just me. But even still, I feel like Sean, as an older a brother, should have been able to be like, "Hey, Daniel, why don't you hang out at the camp all day and like?" fucking i don't know do some drawings or something like in my notebook and and i'll go trim the buds and not have to deal with like a kid in this environment even the guy running the show uh the pot farm his name's merrill he would always just be like what kind of big brother are you bringing a kid into this environment like there shouldn't be any kids here but he was very tolerant given the circumstances being like yeah you guys can work for me that's it's just shocking that he was gonna let them do that but that's what I mean. Daniel just consistently will just fuck things up. And now you have a, a bad relationship with Meryl. And I, what ends up happening? He, does he fire them? And it's like, this is your last day. And now that it's your last day, Finn and Cass, or mainly Finn, is just like, we have to plot to steal money yeah. before we're kicked out. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I think it's either, I think they get told, like, you're on your last, last 
straw. And so they kind of are just like, fuck it, there's no point sticking around. Yeah, that makes sense. But I th- um, again, I'm just sort of going off where decisions work. And I, th- I think what kind of happens immediately after that, and I think this is kind of probably the peak of the episode, is just when everyone's sitting around the campfire talking. And yep. like, it's kind of, in a, li- in a way, it's quite lame teen stuff, because they're like, oh, tell us your deepest, darkest secret that you've never told anyone. And like... It's a bit lame and a bit cheesy, but it, that's Life is Strange at its best. Oh, like, for sure. Even, I just feel like there was also those uh, very familiar moments where Sean can just sit down and music will play and he just reflects yes. on his thoughts or you just let the music play and it's just very ambient. I feel like those moments are essential in this kind of a playthrough because there is a lot going through your mind being like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I think... Um, yeah, I think that's the really, really, really key bit. And I think, it, and again, it was kind of, even in just that scene, you got quite good character development for a lot of the people there. Because, like, you had, oh, what's his name? The guy that was in the religious commune that you go to eventually. Oh, Jacob. Yeah, so you, like, have his background where it was like, I was really religious and then I kind of lost faith, but now I'm not so sure. And then you've got, like, the, like, I think they're Swedish or Norwegian couple that basically just spend the time moaning at all the other guys because they're like we're not even supposed to be here like our visas run out or something and it's just like yeah it's an eclectic mix of of really great characters and it is really fun um to to see them and, and get and get to know them even in just such a brief scene um i would like to point out i stayed sober i did because um i think you can both drink and smoke weed during yeah, that scene as well i'm fairly sure you could too i'm pretty sure i got sean super fucked up <laughs> But that's yeah. what I mean. Isn't this also the opportunity to go skinny dipping with Cassidy? Not quite. Okay. So again, this is just. I know this sounds like me kind of spearheading this episode, but it's no. Just, I, I I've need got help all the remembering. So Nick, I I, it's of, been too yeah. long. So so yeah. What 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 basically comes initially? Because I think what happens is most people around the campfire sort of gradually go off to bed, leaving. It's basically you, Daniel, Cassidy, and Finn. Um, and there is a point where. You send Daniel to sleep, and you can either go off uh, to your tent to kind of put Daniel to bed, or you can stay. Uh, and part of that is um, you also get a really bad haircut. But um, anyway, oh, it's that's kind right. of oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and but and by staying up, which is what I did, that kind of trig- that triggers the discussions about the heist, and also the start of the romance plot with um, with Cassidy. Well, yes. I say with Cassidy because. I didn't know this um, unt- until uh, someone explained it after the fact. And to get this outcome, you have to do, like, the worst, worst things. You can actually kiss Finn. I've heard that. And that's what that's what I mean. I feel like in the one outcome or the one playthrough I was watching someone, they had, like, a very, like, noticeable connection with Finn to the point where I'm like, man, I – my – playthrough with Finn was this guy's an asshole he's very selfish and clearly all he cares about is himself and stealing money and furthering yeah. his like agenda and I wanted nothing to do with him and other people I guess fall in love with him <laughs> well no it's because well it's two part a I think the main thing you have to do to get that to happen is you have to agree to the high straight away um because basically like I think you can say yes to the high straight away or you can say no and then you kind of gradually get talked round. I yeah. think what you have to do is you have to say yes to the high straight away. And there's also a very blunt question where Finn's like, So do you like girls? Do you like guys? And it's kinda of, I think you if you say I like guys, I think that kind of um that obviously how that leads to that. But yeah. 
because the writing was as soon as I saw because to be honest the dialogue wasn't subtle as soon as I saw a few sort of sparks between um, Sean and Cassidy my brain was like right if you're doing a romance subplot I'm gonna make sure I get with her yep. and I just pl- I just played it so heavy into let's just make everything about Cassidy for but honestly Cassidy's spend as a much complicated time woman there's moments where like I would uh, be presented with like oh what how do you react to this and I would be like well I think she would appreciate that I would do that option and she'd be like oh you're a dick or something and I'm like no so I feel like even trying to play towards like the relationship it all depends on her response to the different uh, reactions you give. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I let her choose my tattoo, which was uh, important. And I obviously went for the midnight swim as well. Yep. Um, um, definitely. Yeah. And I think it really annoys me because I'm really happy about this because there's, a, I can't remember the context, but there's a decision and the two options listed are just Cassidy gets angry with you or Cassidy didn't get angry with you and she didn't get angry with me. And I think... It might be while you're out skinny dipping with her or something, that something happens, and I think if you answer in a really... Again, it's kind of obvious. If you answer in a really dumb way, she'll get angry at you, but... Yeah. Cause, I, yeah I, cause I wonder if, she, if you're supportive of the heist, she probably would get angry of you, because... Uh, I, th- I, th- I think it is something like that. Yeah. Because she's very much adamantly against it. Yeah. And then, obviously, it culminates in, in you guys kissing. And actually, the, well, the split for the kiss was quite heavy one way. It was 64-36. Um, Interesting. But then, in t- because you can then, uh, we're, we're all adults here, but you can then go back to Cassidy's tent and uh, and get, make things physical. A lot of people have pointed out that you're doing that in a tent, surrounded by a lot of other tents. Everyone's going to know what you've done. Yep. There's oh. no sense of secrecy whatsoever. <laughs> well, and I also feel like Sean is was, yeah, he announced that he was a virgin for it, so I don't think the encounter really lasted that long and probably no. wasn't that uh, no. well, exciting a, for Cassidy. <laughs> well, no, because there's a whole bit, and it's kind of, this is this is one of the rare moments where I think it handles a very real problem that a lot of people have experienced very well, that kind of, after the fact, he's Coming kind too of like... Fast? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He, he he was kind of, well, that's kind, that is kind of what's suggested, but he, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said, but he says something like, oh, that wasn't very good, I'm sorry. And she's just kind of like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. But like, that's a conversation that a lot of like a lot of people have had, and I think that was kind of when it got into a real humid moment. But, oh, for um, sure, yeah. definitely. As, yeah, I mean, that's you can't blame a, a virgin for having that problem because they're not uh, experienced at all, and clearly she probably is. So I don't know. It, it just yeah. it was. I also had the experience where they hooked up, and I thought it was just good for Sean as like I don't yeah. know. It just felt like the right thing to do. Although I was gonna. I felt like he needed a win, kind yes. of. Uh, like, yeah, after all they're going through, and I feel like uh, he just needed that connection, and he it, it worked out. That's yeah. I mean. uh, later in the game, I I don't even remember my relationship with Cassidy after that, though, because you end up going separate ways. But we'll get to that. In fact, this is where the episode gets really interesting, is the heist. I was yes. like looking forward to this the whole time, being like, I, yeah. I although my character as Sean, I was like, I don't want to go through the, with the heist and we're going to prevent it, but it was already happening whether we wanted it to or not. Like we were in the meantime, while Cassidy and I are hooking up, Daniel and Finn are on their way into Merrill's like uh building to try to break into this safe and stuff and steal money. So in my playthrough, Cassidy and I are like trying to sneak up behind them to like catch, catch them in the act and prevent this from going down. Uh, isn't there like a scene where you have to like disable a vehicle and uh, because there's like some kind of guard that works for Merrill that if he finds out like he'll be on you in no time and 
that was pretty honestly i i struggled with that like trying to like break yes. into the car without like making a sound because i think i eventually just smashed a window and it was onto us like immediately i was like fuck but i think there's yeah. different approaches in which you can disable the vehicle without him even knowing you were there well yeah so there's there's three ways that can go uh and you can steal a vehicle without alerting big joe who's the name of the big joe that's right yep. yeah you can wake him up and he chases you or you sabotage his vehicle so he knows that you're there, but he can't get off you. So I think I'm pretty sure that, like, I just... I think I've, like, punctured all the tyres or something. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously, like, you you still get pursued, but they're kind of delayed, and then it all comes down to... Because, obviously, like you say, Finn and Daniel are already at back at the weed farm, and it's kind of you catch up later on. Uh, and, yeah, it's either you can sneak in without being noticed... You alert Meryl while sneaking around, or you come in after Finn and Daniel broke into Meryl's house. Yep. And it looks like the majority went for that last option, and so did I. Yeah. By the time I got there, they were inside, and I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And I, and I think the only way you can probably beat them in is if you agree to the heist earlier in the first place. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, I, th- I think, by because I think the whole point is, if you agree to the heist at the first possible option, you'll go straight away, and you don't have anything with Cassidy... But I think then by saying no, that opens all the Cassidy stuff up, um, and then that then yeah. means that you that you don't that by the time because that's it you you finish everything with Cassidy and then you're like oh where's Daniel and then you realise that they've gone <laughs> exactly yeah. to be honest Sean had important things to do but <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing so I I showed up after they were already in there and in fact they're like okay let's go through with this even though we're trying to stop them and. All of a sudden, Mer- like Merrill's like in the building. He's like right there, and it's just like, oh, we're caught red-handed. Like, what the fuck? He's got a shotgun. He's like, yeah. you guys are fucked. And he even, at least I think in my playthrough, he's like, we have cameras. Like, I saw you guys coming like yeah. a mile away. I'm like, god damn it! Like, so this wasn't even like a sneak attack. Like, this guy uh, was ready for us. We're boned. Uh, it wasn't pretty because there's a lot of crazy outcomes in this uh, scenario. Yes. So let's get into that. I. Th- think and i could be wrong no finn didn't die for me but i know there's a possibility for finn to die yeah well i'll i'll, I'll list i'll list out the key options um so it's either you shot meryl and finn was killed uh you told daniel to use his power and finn wasn't killed yeah uh you did nothing and finn wasn't killed or you did nothing and finn was killed um, but interestingly, the you told Daniel to use his power option, which is the one I did, was actually done by 86% of people. Yeah, um, it, it felt necessary. I feel like that's what I did because it, I remember later, I think it's episode four, when you're trying to escape the hospital, there's a moment where you can like interact with Finn, and I just like completely just ignored him because I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> He's the reason yeah. like this whole thing went down. I want nothing to do with him. So that just leads me to believe Finn definitely lived in my playthrough, but- I, I must have shortly thereafter watched another playthrough, and yeah, I saw the one where you do nothing, and then Finn just straight up just gets shot right in front of everyone's eyes, and I was yeah. like, whoa, that is fucking dark. And I I kind of think, again, that comes down to that the pretty much any time you had an option, it had that little kind of blue symbol of, like, use Daniel's powers. Most people will go for that, because that's what the game wants you to do. Yeah, it's encouraging so you, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of not surprised that that's the majority thing. But there's one thing I want to comment on, because I'm so happy I got this, and I'm so happy I'm in the minority for this, but I saw this coming straight away because I was when you first get there, you have a kind of debate with Cassidy, and my brain was instantly like, "No, I'm getting you out of here as my hypothetical fake girlfriend. I'm not letting any harm come to you." Yes, and basically, so yeah, there is a subsequent aspect of 
whether Cassidy is injured or not. And the way you avoid her is she basically gets mad at you um, and so storms off. Um, That's I right. Think, I think, like, you end up saying, like, oh, I'm doing the heist for the money, but I'm like, not to save Daniel. Like, something really dumb. So she gets really annoyed at you and leaves. But as soon as she left, I was like, yes, you're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. For and then sure. as, soon as, I, as soon as I saw that choice at the end of the episode, I was like, yes, she's okay. She's okay. Yep, no like, I cared about no. I cared about Cassidy more in that scene than I did about Daniel. Well, that's the thing. I didn't even. I wasn't even having that kind of foresight because I'm just being like, oh well, we just banged. I want to make sure that we stay friends, so I'm gonna play this to be like as nice as possible. And she ends up staying with us, and yeah, she ends up getting hurt. And that's the thing. Okay, so shit hits the fan. Uh, depending on your playthrough, Big Joe can even show up and like pull guns. I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah. Meryl, uh, is like, get on your fucking knees. And as a dumbass, you're, Sean, you're given the option. It's like, try to discuss this with him or actually like obey. And I'm pretty sure I went with like, let's try to talk this out and negotiate because, and it's like, no, this guy's literally got a gun. He's telling you to get on your fucking knees. He just ends up just like smashing you in the face with the butt of the gun. He's like, he's like, let's yeah. discuss this. Like, it's like, no, this guy's clearly serious and you're trying to take his livelihood from him. He literally even says at one point he's like i have a family too you know so he's just doing what he has to do or what he feels is necessary to deal with these people that are trying to take money from him and like just after all he did for them too that's another frustrating thing about it this Merrill guy didn't have to employ them he didn't have to give them a place to crash they are just like fugitives and hippies and like outcasts so i feel like they kind of owe him a lot and this is how they repay him so his anger is merited but long story short, yeah, this is where Daniel's uh, basically – I know Finn at one point is like, Daniel, you can do this, man. And he, it doesn't end up mattering because Daniel only kind of listens to you. And yeah, I'm pretty sure I told him to use his power because it's like, what else is going to happen? People are, Everyone's going to get shot and we're going to get like, I don't know, taken away. Well, it's not like this guy's going to call the police. He has a fucking pot farm. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Just looking through the decisions, I just clocked something that I didn't notice. I think this must occur – well, it has to it has to occur before like the very end because the like the last shot of the game is when you see or the episode is when you see an injured Sean. But there's four outcomes and it's like Daniel used his powers, got injured and lashed out. Daniel disobeyed, used his powers and got injured. Daniel stayed put but lashed out after Finn died, and then Finn was shot dead and Daniel lashed out at Sean. So I think depending on what happens to Finn. Daniel can then either obey or disobey Sean, so yeah, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if, if Finn dies, uh, he completely holds it against Sean. Is like, that's all your fault for not letting me intervene. And when I saw that end sequence where Sean had, like, the freaking uh, barbed wire or, or uh, rhubarb or whatever it's called through his eyeball, I yes. honestly thought to myself that they pulled, like, a real, like, deep, like, Game of Thrones shit where it's like, the main character is dead now. Because yeah. I'm like, is he dead? And that's, talk about a cliffhanger. I remember just being shocked and I, during that week of ABTS, I wanted to talk about it so bad, but I'm like, I'm gonna have to wait till the spoiler cast because what yeah. the fuck, is Sean even alive anymore? Who are we gonna play as? Daniel from now on well that's the thing and i know there was a big well there was a, a, a big theory that went around because the teaser that you see for the next episode is literally just a person obviously you eventually find out this is sean walking yeah. down a desert road and there one massive theory for ages was that there was going to be a big time skip and you'd actually pay play as an adult daniel in the subsequent episodes uh, which um, honestly if they would have went in that direction it could have been even better almost because now you are the player with the supernatural powers but also i feel like as a game mechanic they aren't prepared to do that <laughs> yeah yeah 
But um, yes, then obviously you get into episode four, so you wake up in the hospital. You're not dead, but you've got a sweet eye patch. Yeah, episode four, Faith, is also now we're going back downhill. Like, if this is a graph, it's like, episode three, we're going up, we're going up. Episode four, it's kind of skyrocketing downward. Only because, like, a lot of it felt very far-fetched. Like, I feel like they use the mom as just, like, a plot device to just be like, oh, and now she's involved in the picture. It's like, where the fuck did she come from? Like, that made no sense to me, but it also felt necessary. Uh I don't know. This is the one where it turns out, uh, yeah, well, first and foremost, you got to escape from the hospital. And that was interesting. Like I said, depending on your playthrough, Finn is in one of the hospital rooms as you're escaping and you can have this moment, whether you're like, talk to him or not. Like I said, I completely ignored him. and was like, fuck that guy. But in the one playthrough I was watching, yeah, he was like, you're the man, Sean. And like, they were like, just such bros about it that I was thinking there's probably an an ending involving Finn, but I didn't actually see that one. So yeah, I just can say there's there's four outcomes for that bit. But one thing I just want to mention previous to that is um, obviously you get interviewed by the FBI. Um, oh, that's uh, right. Yep. And they'll ask you whose idea the robbery was. I completely threw Finn under the bus. Oh, for sure. Because um, you can either you can either say it was Finn's idea, your idea, or everyone's idea. And seventy five percent of people blamed Finn, well, me included. That's what I mean, it's karma, dude. Like you're not a good person, and people don't like you, especially how you conduct yourself and are that selfish. And I don't yeah. know, trying to steal his own brother away from him, it felt like it's just like just get out of here, man. Yeah, but yeah, so just quickly to say that, yeah, in terms of Finn being at the hospital, there's four different ways that can go. So he's either not at the hospital, um, you choose not to talk to Finn, uh, you talk to Finn and blame him for what happens in Humboldt, or you talk to Finn and forgive him for what happens. Yeah, I saw so, the forgive on yeah. somebody's playthrough, and I was like, man, I, that, I, would, I'm, I don't have it in me to forgive him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's Finn. I just didn't like him as a character. But then, isn't there also... Cassidy in the hospital, or am I mistaking remembering that? I personally don't know because obviously she didn't get injured Her in my career. playthrough because I'm right. perfect. I'm perfect boyfriend. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. There's no in all the possible choices. There's no mention of Cassidy. Um, yeah, most likely she. Uh, I don't think there is an interaction there. I just. I was curious if there was or not. I'd assume the implication is she's injured, but not severely. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But yeah. But, okay, so Sean escapes from the hospital, uh, that was pretty cool, and now he's just on a mission to find Daniel and just basically continue on their journey to Puerto Lobos, and that's the thing, how does he even get tipped off onto where Daniel is? Didn't the guy, Jacob, give him, like, some kind of information? Well, yeah, I think he, he mentions the place Haven Point by name, and I think... Yeah, that's it. I think they have a conversation about it earlier on in episode three. Yeah. And then I think, I think when Sean wakes up, I think he, he gets, I think he gets told by the FBI that, that Daniel's disappeared. And I think he works out that it would have been Jacob that would have taken him because like Jacob was kind of always watching out for Daniel. And then I think he then makes the jump that, okay, he must have gone back to um, the place yeah, that kind of religious commune. Um, one quick thing to mention, there is the, and obviously this is kind of comes back to the political side of things, because after Sean uh, escapes the hospital, he kind of jumps in the car and is driving. Uh, he gets basically pulled over by two random, like, truckers. Yeah. Uh, oh, and there's God. a whole scene where they're like, it was bad. oh, you got to sing and dance, and it's just like, Ugh. That was uh, so cringeworthy that it hurt. Yeah. Like, it physically hurt as I was, like, holding the controller. I'm like, this... 
like I said earlier in the podcast, like we definitely will encounter more racists. This isn't even the last of them. Uh, but these guys were the worst because yeah, he had pulled over just for the night. Like you're in the middle of the desert. You think you can just pull off the road and catch some shut eye. Apparently not because these hick, uh, white guys that are ultra racist show up and are like, this is our property. I'm like, is it really like, I don't know. Where's your fucking house? Uh, anyway, they, yeah, completely antagonize him because, and like call him all sorts of racist names. And yeah, yeah. basically, explain to him or basically say if you don't dance uh we're gonna hurt you or something and i'm pretty sure i was under the impression like this is a huge point in the game where like if i make the decision not to dance like they'll get the police and it's like a big deal and like almost like a game over scenario so i ended up dancing and then felt really bad about it because i was like oh man that was humiliating and sucked but when you do do that they let you go like they said they would which is was also surprising but if yeah. you don't dance, he just ends up beating the shit out of you and then telling – and then the other guy that's with him kind of has like a moment where he feels bad and is like, okay, get out of here. And then you just drive off. In all reality, if that happened, he just beat the shit out of you and they give you the option to drive off. I would have just ran him over with my fucking car. But you also don't want to completely disable your vehicle. But like those yeah. guys are pieces of shit and deserve to die. Well, at least the the one guy specifically. He was the real yeah. dick. Well, yeah, according to the game, there's three ways that goes. Uh, it's either you sing the song in Spanish, you refuse to sing and you get beat up, or you weren't asked to sing at all. Oh, so I wow. think there is possibly a way that you just talk your way out of it. And like you kind of just like, look, I don't want any trouble. I wish I was it. that smart, Nick. <laughs> yep, so do I. Oh, man, that's frustrating to know that that is a possibility. But of course, I completely missed that one. But that's the thing with these types of games. It has to be a hyper specific uh, order of operations to achieve that. So clearly, I fucked that up along the way. But yeah, that was just another scene of them having to throw more racism into the picture, which it's like, we get it. That's the world we live in. It sucks. But oh, man, make me uh, sit through that awkward shit during a game I'm supposed to be enjoying. Anyway, uh, you escape from those assholes, and now you find Haven Point, and it's just filled with more assholes. Like, so it yep. turns out Daniel has completely been brainwashed by this lady named Lisbeth, if I'm not mistaken, yes. and she's the runner of this commune, and they recognize Daniel's power and are just kind of manipulating him into being like, this is all from our religion, like, God is speaking through you, and you're some kind of chosen yes. one, so we have to, like... Uh, I don't know, mold you to our religion. And man, at a young age, you can't really blame Daniel for being easily no. moldable. So he's completely bought in. He's brainwashed, uh, f has more of an allegiance with this new Lisbeth and family than his own family, which is shocking yes. to me because it's like, but it's also depending on your play style. I know I feel like me trying to be a dad to him, even though I'm not his dad pushed him further away from me as a brother. So already it was believable that he was like, I'm just going to adapt to this new uh, family that I have. Anyway, it's just frustrating because, yeah, you can clearly see they're, you, they're using him and manipulating him and it sucks. And all of a sudden your mom gets involved. Uh, I'll let you take over because I'm just rambling. Yeah, well, that, that was going to be my other point. The kind of you see Daniel briefly and then you kind of get kicked out. Uh, of the church and then the next big revelation is you finally meet Sean's mother Karen and kind of before you there's almost like the big showdown the whole the majority of the episode is basically Sean trying to repair his relationship with his mother which again is kind of and again one of those moments where it's very self-contained it's much quieter like you spend the majority of the time just in a hotel room 
just talking with uh, Karen, uh, uh, Sean's mother. Yeah. And again, it's kind of, that's one of the better moments where it kind of just stops. It doesn't try to do anything too crazy. And it has some real genuine discussions. And like, because obviously Sean fundamentally, he's upset and he's just like, well, why would you ever leave? Like, what possible reason could you ever have? And her answer, like, I can kind of see it, but it still frustrates me. She was kind of like, I wanted to be an artist and I was feeling stifled. And <laughs> yeah, it felt it, very like, weak. Yeah, but but like, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I don't agree with personally. I don't think that's a justifiable reason to leave, but it's still an interesting discussion they have. And like, she kind of makes the point that like, I wouldn't have been a good mother because I would have like hated all the time I was there. Right. So it's a really, really good discussion and kind of, I mean, in, I'm interested to know, um, how was your relationship with Sean and Karen? Oh, I was initially, I was very uh, spiteful. I'm just like, I don't like you. I'm mad that you left and I don't understand it. And then later in episode five, I was trying to redeem it and it didn't, it was too late. I feel like the decisions that you make early on just completely fuck you for later. But uh, that's the thing. Even just Karen being there, it's like, how the fuck Sean barely is like able of being tipped off enough to know I got to go to this New Haven place. How in fuck's name do you run into your mom out there? It felt very much like a national treasure where it's like, oh, well, we don't know what to do now. All of a sudden, oh, look at the bottom of your shoe. That means go left. It's north. Well, we're, this is where we got to go. It's like all of a sudden her, her mom, his mom just happens to be there. So that just felt kind of like, eh. but regardless if it was necessary to kind of get this ball rolling with you like at least you have some kind of family left your your dad's out of the picture grandparents are in the past because you can't go back to them uh the mom thing yeah like i said very spiteful at first because it's like where have you been and it did feel like a weak excuse so I, but towards the end of the game i was kind of under the impression of like well, there's not much I can do about it at this point. She is blood related and I want to like redeem my relationship with her, but at that point it was already too late. Yeah. So two things on that. First of all, Doug, we've got to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Pretty much. Let's do it after the if podcast. I could, if I could do a Nicolas Cage impression, I would. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to end up screaming, not the bees. bees anyway, yeah. uh, not the bees! Um, but yeah, so kind of, you are right that basically episode four is the time where you can kind of fit, not fix, but you kind of, you improve your relationship with Karen and the game kind of splits it into three areas. Cause I think that it's basically, you have a big conversation with Karen in your hotel room uh, and you can, you can either say you can cut the conversation short with Karen. You were hard on Karen through the conversation or overall you try to let Karen open up to you. Yeah. And interestingly, 93% of players let Karen kind of open up and, and stuff. So vast majority of people seem to want to let her at least say her piece. Like, yeah, I think I fucked that one up. I probably was like a dick or at least hard during the conversation. Yeah, and then there's other subsequent things. Like I think she goes out for a cigarette and you can go out with her and then like... I did do there's that. There's a bit where you've got to like clean your eye and you like... You're trying to do it, and then it's the classic, like, oh, I don't need anyone's help. And then you're like, oh, actually, can you help, please? Yeah. And it's all kind of stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then it all kind of a, a bit like the heist, it kind of all builds into this we final assault Daniel. onto the church. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. All right. So, uh, that it was a kind of a decent climax to that episode because the whole fucking building burns down. But, all right. So, there's also this other guy, I completely forget his name, but he's like Lisbeth's right-hand man, and he always has a gun and is completely a dick. Uh, you uh, Bad news, he's called Nicholas. Oh, no, <laughs> not Saint Nick. Uh, but that's the thing. Uh, that guy ends up 
or, or I'm, I'm, God, my memory is failing me, but I just remember you have a confrontation with all of them. Uh, and it's basically a moment where you're trying to get Daniel on your side, but you just keep getting the shit kicked out of you. And, or like, yeah, this guy's like just beating the crap out of you, pointing a gun at you. And Daniel just doesn't even seem to care until like the very end, like the last minute where it's like, no, you're literally about to die. And then Daniel's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. The whole back and forth of that, that is just. Hey, Daniel, come with me. No, Sean gets punched in the face. Please, Daniel, no. Sean gets kicked. Yep. Please, Daniel, no. I Sean is on the verge down. of dying. Daniel gets kicked. Or, I mean, Sean gets kicked. Yeah, like, it was really much just like a, Sean's being a martyr, and it's like, how much abuse do you have to witness your brother go through before you realize, that's my brother? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was very painful, and also just like, I guess that was trying to showcase how much of a hold Lisbeth had over Daniel, but yeah. it was just still uh, <laughs> painful to sit through. Yeah. I feel bad because I got what was pro- I got the, like, the worst possible outcome. Oh, in what um, way? That, yeah, that only 3% of people got. Um, so basically, there's four ways it can go. Um, you shoot Lisbeth while Daniel was hurting her. It's a kind of evil Daniel. Um, I wish I did that. Yeah, you and Daniel spare Lisbeth's life, which is what the majority did. Yeah, I think we did. Um, you let Daniel unleash his power on Lisbeth while he was hurting her. It's a kind of the self-defense approach. And then me, the worst approach, again, only 3% of people did this. You shot Lisbeth while Daniel wasn't hurting her. <laughs> so basically just show to Daniel, yeah, just shoot people, it's fine. Yeah, well, she fucking deserved it. And in all reality, I almost wish I did that playthrough. Because, yeah, she was the worst. She's literally, like, the fucking church is burning down and she closes the door and locks it and says you're not going anywhere not as long as i'm alive it's like what kind of a crazy bitch are you you preach all this shit about religion and yet you're literally trying to burn other people alive with you because of what because you don't want daniel to escape like give me a break she's pure evil and i don't have any remorse for her but yet and yeah i think in my playthrough uh sean was the bigger man and was like don't like spare her. No. In fact, I think I told Daniel, I was like, actually fuck her up. And Daniel was like, we're better than that. And I was like, God damn it. But in, apparently in other playthroughs, Daniel will fuck her up. Yeah. And then like, yeah, it comes down to the fact of like, have you made a morally good Daniel or a morally bad Daniel? Uh, well, that's what I mean. I guess my Daniel's more, more morally good than my Sean, because I was ready to just kill her because she deserved it. But he was just like, nope. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's basically the end of the episode. I think yeah. it ends with, like, the church on fire and you're on the run yet again. Yeah, I love <laughs> the music. I gotta give them credit. I mean, definitely not the best. Uh, all the previous iterations of Life is Strange, I've really enjoyed the music. This time around, it's definitely good, but I don't think it's, like, stellar. But it does uh, build the atmosphere of, like, this is definitely a Life is Strange game as you're watching a, a fucking yes. church burn down with, like, your mother you haven't seen, like, in your whole life and shit. So <laughs> it was uh, yeah. definitely... An interesting episode, but like I said, a little bit of a dip down after such a great episode in three. But then we come to five, and it finally brings it all home. But like I said, the weights in between episodes, like, I was very just far removed from everything. And it was like, oh, man, as I'm coming into episode five, it's like, what happened again? They did do a decent job with the recaps, though, at the beginning of episodes. But it was sort of uh, through this lens of, like, a storybook of, like, the the wolves and stuff. Yeah, they bugged They bugged me. A bit. I like the general idea, but like so many times they were stretching the metaphor so much yes. that they were like, oh, but then we had to leave the den and we came across coyotes and it's just <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely a little, I don't know. 
they're aiming it towards like a children's story, like uh, Sean's trying to tell Daniel. But okay, yeah. episode five, wolves, uh, the titular wolves. Uh, these they finally are on the road and they're trying to get to the border. But before they get there, they end up stopping at their mom's, like where their mom has been going for years, and it's just like off the grid community in the desert. Uh, yeah, I really like that environment, and this is also where we finally get to talk about the other homages to the previous Life is Strange. Yes, uh, but I'll let you uh, t- explain a little bit what's going on early in this in this setting. Yeah, well, obviously when we yeah when we do jump onto the homages, I, I definitely want to explain my reaction because it it was it was it was you'll find this funny, I think. Okay. But yeah, so just as a, just as a, I won't jump into that. Yeah, so you end up at this place. It's yeah, like you say, sort of a off-grid kind of like commune thing where they're sort of like growing their own crops and everyone's just doing it what they like and every and like everyone cares and not paying like, taxes no, yeah all that sort of stuff and like the main sort of thing you do is you like do a little treasure hunt and you like build us and a, a key thing is that like daniel's openly showing off his powers like there's yeah. a whole segment where he's making a sculpture so he's just like picking up really heavy bits of metal and stuff but it's kind of this all just yeah like screw society we'll do our own thing kind of thing um so yeah and it's kind of again it's kind of going back to that more self-contained single setting and you can you can talk to some of the people around the camp um which is and also where it like gets that. really interesting oh the people around the camp are cool i yeah. like the gay couple they were very uh interesting yep um but then the most interesting person of all is I. Um, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name, but it's. Uh, I was going to say, well, if 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 I can take the reins on this, oh please do. Just my my reaction this was amazing. So um, you get chatting to this guy. He's got like a, a beard and a ponytail, and he's chatting away. And obviously, because just this is at least how it was in my head. I was like, because the Life is Strange art style is not very realistic. Like it's it's cel shaded. It's quite difficult. Like. A lot of people can kind of look the same, but but also people just seem quite generic. Yeah, and so this and so this guy's chatting away, and he's and he's called David, and I'm like, that rings a very vague bell, but oh, that must oh, that must that must just be nothing, right? And he's going along, he's going along, and I think, ah, uh, he it's either he mentions being in the military, yep, or he uses the phrase step douche, and I literally went mental. Yeah, I literally like threw my controller across the room, and I was like, <laughs> "The fuck!" Right. Um, so just to give a little bit of background, that is David, uh, as in Chloe Price's stepfather, stepfather. from the original game, yep. uh, original Life is Strange, and I was just like, "Holy fucking shit!" Which, in all reality, he is one of the best characters from that franchise because it's uh, talk about character development. I remember initially, initially hating the guy because it's like yeah he's a creep yes. he's like taking pictures of people he's got like some kind of ptsd issues that but he also ends up like striking his own stepchild and like yeah. is almost as like an abusive asshole so it's like originally you're he's painted to be someone you dislike but by the end of the game he's like saving people and you're like just a complete 180 where you're like yes Man, he completely turned shit around so to know that this is that motherfucker in this game out in this environment what the yes. fuck happened to exactly. his life I literally went mental. It was just again, and it, there was the cynical part of me that was like, hmm, "I feel like they're just using links back to the first game to make this a better game." Ideas. But still, I was, I, and there was genuinely the, and like you say, like he was a character I wanted to know what his story was, what he did next. Like, I think they did well about picking like pretty much a main character, but whose story we didn't really know beyond yes. the first game. Um, so that was really great, and I think. 
and this was one of the again one of the very few moments where it's actually I think there's two or three bits that are affected by what your previous save um, in Life is Strange one is. Um, So again, I this was the one time I went straight away as soon as I finished the episode to look up the alternative kind of outcome. Yeah, and obviously the in the conversation, it's not hugely different. Like there's initially where he's like. If obviously, and obviously spoilers for Life is Strange 1, we probably should have started this by saying spoilers, but... <laughs> you should probably should be playing Life is Strange 2 unless you yeah. play the first ones, but it's fine if you're doing that. Yeah, so then obviously, it, so if you've let Chloe die, um, you're just chatting and he'll mention like, yeah, my step my stepdaughter died and um, and yeah, kind of, I just, I didn't really know what to do. He says that he's kind of become separated from Joyce, but... They do also, I think they later have a phone call with each other, so it's kind of the idea that they've separated, but they're still on good terms. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, if you pick the... You've destroyed Arcadia Bay, this also canonically proves that even though at the end of that game the implication is pretty much everyone apart from Max and Chloe has died, Yeah. David survives, Yep. Um, and he makes a comment of, oh, yeah, my daughter and her best friend went off and have gone exploring... Um, but the, the, the coolest thing is there's a point where you get to explore David's, uh, trailer. Yeah. David's trailer. Yep. I was going to mention this. It's so great. It's yeah. It's so many little, little callbacks. And I kind of, as soon as I realized who it was, like I was literally moving like my kind of my character around millimeter by millimeter to find everything you can interact with. Yes. Um, so it's like, if you're in the timeline where Chloe's died, I think there's just a picture of, I think it's David and Chloe and Joyce. But coolest of all, and I'm so sad I missed this, but if you're in the timeline of Arcadia Bay has been destroyed... Which I was. I believe there's... Yeah, isn't there a picture of a older Chloe and Max? Yes, there is, and it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Because like like you said, you're, uh, once you realize what was going on, I felt compelled to explore every single aspect of that yeah. trailer. Like in, in most of the Life is Strange game, I am very much like a completionist and I want to explore everything. But there are cer- certain times where it's like, I don't need to do turn every single rock. But at least in this setting, I was like, oh man, this makes, it's just felt so right. And yeah, learning that Chloe and Max in this universe are off and doing their own thing. And I think he even has a phone call with one of them, which you can only hear the one-sided him responding to yes. stuff. But it was still yes. just, it really fleshed it out. Like, they're okay and things are good. And he even mentions, I think, at some point in dialogue, like, that they visit, uh, they come to this location in the desert uh, every, like, other Christmas or something. So, like, it, it just felt like... Had it been a different time that Sean and Daniel happened to be in this location, they could have literally interacted with Max and Chloe. So that was really cool to know that these universes are that it's the same universe, and these characters could interact with one another. It's just not how the it was meant to be. And I and I and I think kind of in either of the kind of outcomes, depending on how you play the first game, I think it was a really nice bit of of fan service and sort of continuation without being too in your face. Yes, like if they'd really wanted to, they could have covered David's trailer in all sorts of kind of wink and nudge references, but they kept it very sincere. Like it makes perfect sense. Uh, he's going to have pictures of his stepdaughter. And stuff, and it, yeah, they probably will send him letters because, kind of like we both said, that by the end of the first game they have sort of reconciled, and like they just did it in a nice way. And obviously, they'll have done that, knowing that for people like you and I, we're flipping our shit, uh, even just kind of like seeing the the sort of weird photographs that that you see in the game. For and, sure. So yeah, I think they could have done that. They did that in kind of the perfect way. 
and I was glad that we did get a few callbacks to the first game without it being too heavy-handed. Yeah, definitely. But it's also, is it problematic that that's the best part of the game? (laughs) But no. Maybe. uh, Maybe. But that's the thing. Speaking of problematic, we get to run into one more set of races before everything's said and done. Uh, That's the thing. Uh, Sean and Daniel are at the Mexican border. Finally, it feels like after all this way, we finally get here. And it's time to cross and like make a hole in the wall and get through. But instead, we have... Two vigilantes literally shoot Daniel from afar and then just, like, swoop in on them and are like, we got you, you friggin', uh, I don't know, insert racist term here. Uh, Like, that's what I mean. It was very just upsetting because it also felt like there was this moment where it's like, just do it. Like, don't wait for anything. Just cross because how did you, you come this far just to get caught? So that was frustrating. And then, yeah, not only are they caught by these vigilantes, those vigilantes are then thrown into jail too because of, I guess what they're doing is illegal. I, or the yes. fact that they shot Daniel is what made the, like the border patrol be like, well, now you guys are in trouble too. Uh, so yeah. that's what I mean. Now you're in a jail cell with these racists and I'll let you take over. Well, yeah, so obviously yeah, you have the whole scene where you finally get to the get to the wall, and that scene kind of like because they make a whole big thing of like Daniel going like full like Super Saiyan and and kind of like, he pulls out this massive chunk of the wall. And I kind of feel like could he not have like just like levitated himself over or something? Right, like, there seemed to be a lot of different ways he could have done. That. Absolutely, I guess they did want to showcase his power, but it's like he uses his power to make that hole in the wall, and they don't even cross because they get caught. Yeah. It was so frustrating. But yeah, so then obviously going to what you said, the whole next scene is yeah, you end up in prison, and so yeah, basically you've got two prison cells. You're in a cell. In the cell next to you is the two vigilantes, yes. and then you're also in a cell with a a Mexican couple that have also got caught. And if I'm not um, mistaken, were they, tra- were they she trying was to flee pregnant. into? A- yeah, she was pregnant. Were they trying to get? Did they get caught trying to go? Into the U.S. I think or that was they the case. Come from the U.S. trying to get back in. I think they were yeah. trying to immigrate into the united states but illegally yeah so yeah and it kind of again a little bit heavy-handed there's this whole debate of like oh here's the terrible people say like here's all the vig- the racist vigilantes just being all horrible but there's this oh lovely lovely genuine just yeah, family fi- and, yeah exactly yeah and they're just trying to get by it definitely that's the thing and then uh I guess there's like somehow you are capable of escaping the jail cell and you have the option to free the vigilantes or something too. Uh I don't remember what I did. I'm pretty sure I was like fuck those guys. <laughs> well, um well yeah, cuz there's two aspects. Um you can free them and yeah, 82% of people didn't ask Daniel to free them. No. Uh, but what you can also do is you can ask Daniel to take revenge on the vigilantes. That's right. I think I did and, and this was probably another instance where he was like the bigger adult than I was and he was like we're better than that. I'm like, "Damn it, you never listen to me." Yeah. <laughs> These yeah. people deserve it because they're such assholes. Uh, but that's the thing that it definitely puts you in a, the hot seat of being like, are you going to exact revenge or are you going to be the bigger person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, so yeah, and then obviously there's a whole sequence where you're trying to, you get out of the police station and it's, yeah, just about whether you kind of like, it's one of those weird options that things that Life is Strange does occasionally where it's like, here's like five possible options to solve this situation and, and kind of it sees what happens. So it's like, it's whether or not the police officers that are catching you get killed or not, because there's like ways you can sort of incapacitate or trap them, or you can just straight up kill them. Yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like that's where the whole morality comes into play. The more you kill, the more evil Daniel becomes. Yes, yeah. And then that's like, and then obviously you get in the car again, and you drive, and then you get to the classic cliche 
at the border standoff, there's like 10 cop cars, all the guns are pointed your the way, FBI you slam on the there. brakes. Yep, it's yep. basically the showdown that it's been building up to. And like, I don't know, all along this whole time, I thought there would be some kind of like Stranger Things thing, a moment where it's like, actually, Daniel is captured by the FBI and they're running tests and you're going to have to escape from the FBI. It never even got to that point. It's basically like, nope, it's now it's the showdown of are we getting to Mexico or not? And now this yeah. is where there's a boatload of different outcomes. Um, Let's just each go with what happened to us. Uh, I'll start. Mine, it was frustrating because it's like, okay, how does the wolf story end? Like, do we make it across the border? And in my mind, I'm like, after all we've been through and all this shit that I'm teaching him, it's like, I don't want to be in jail the rest of my life or be separated from my brother, have the FBI yes. learn of his powers and do quite literally what I said in like a Stranger Things scenario, do all sorts of lab testing on him and be like, what, what is this kid's powers? I was like, I can't accept that. We're getting to Mexico one way or another. So I said to him, we're not surrendering. Let's go. So he uses his power, pushes police out of the way. We're going to go. And then as we're driving through, he literally goes, I'm sorry, Sean, but I have to stay. Don't come back for me. And he jumps out of the moving car and I go to Mexico <laughs> and he stays in the United States. And I was just devastated because I'm thinking to myself, kid, what are you doing? I was like, we did that. We worked so hard for this. And I guess it all boils down to me being a bad brother because he didn't have that connection with me to the point that he felt we can do this together. But, oh man, looking at the different outcomes, there's some crazy shit that's possible. Uh, yeah. What was yours? Um, so yeah, so yeah, just on a, on a point, I'm really surprised you got that ending because, um, I'm going to do a very small plug, um, to a, to a YouTube channel I talk oh, about a lot, do. uh, me and, me and Gross went about the lot, um, but the YouTube channel, uh, Outside Extra, uh, have done really great, um, discussion videos on every single episode of Life is Strange 2, they're like hour and a half, um, really, really good in-depth episodes, awesome. and on their, on their stream for the last episode, this was the first I discovered, um, all the different outcomes, and it's worth watching because it, it's all very lighthearted, it's very funny, because yeah, they literally explain exactly as you did, you're driving along, and then Daniel's just like, nope, yeah, I'm <laughs> and out. just rolls out. I was like, whoa, dude, it felt so, like, like I said, knowing these types of games, there's definitely different outcomes, it felt like... I was trying to play a game a certain way, and then he did something completely out of my realm of possibilities that I was like, it just completely took me by surprise, and I was just devastated because I'm like, come yeah. on, man. We were so close. Yeah, as for me, um, I, I went I went, a di I went, a different way. So kind of my general feeling was like, yeah, I get the whole idea of like, you and your brother against the world, and they fought so hard, and they've done so much, but I was kind of very much the... Realist. The logical thought, yeah, the realist of like, look, you're being faced down by like 30 odd cops, even with a supernatural brother, this probably isn't going to end well. And sometimes there's just a point in life where you've got to say it's time to just give up the fight. And so I elected to surrender okay. um, and, Dan and Daniel agreed with me. Um, so it's just mentioning, obviously, as Doug Doug's alluded to. If there's other kind of sub ending sub endings, but the main kind of the the final choice splits into four aspects. Yes. Um and it's the case of you say let's go to Mexico and Daniel agrees and you just fly through and you go through the border and Daniel's going full like Neo and That was cool. I watched that cutscene and talk about Super Saiyan. He fucked yeah. shit up in that one. And then you have Doug's outcome, which is you decide to go to Mexico, but Daniel's like, Nope. Uh and then the other one is you can elect to surrender, but then Daniel's like, no. Yeah, exactly, which that one was actually super fucked up because 
then Daniel's like, okay, I'm going to force the car to drive through these guys anyway. The police are shooting at you. He's doing all this stuff with his powers. You get over to Mexico and Daniel's like, we did it. And he looks over and Sean got shot in the neck and is dead. And I was like, yes. are you fucking kidding me? So yeah. talk about uh, the variations of different outcomes. That one is not a good outcome. And I'm surprised that wasn't my ending. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, there is one and we'll get on. There's, there's kind of a subsequent thing that, of kind of what the last sort of scene is, but I yes. have to mention this now because it's just so funny. But because um, it's so unsubtle, in the kind of ultimate evil ending, which I think is you force the roadblock and Daniel says yes, there's apparently a scene in Mexico where Sean's there and he's become like a drug lord. But worst of all, because there's a whole thing where obviously he gets a glass eye. But apparently in the, like, super bad outcome, he gets a black glass eye. That's right. I did see that one. Is, is that yeah. the one where they end up, yeah, I guess they're just fully no morality and are yes. super villains. Like, they rob a bank, uh, get all their money, and then start their own business, the Diaz yes. Repair Shop. And, like, some, uh, some thugs kind of show up with a gun to try to, like, rob uh, Sean. And then Daniel just uses his power and just, like, bitch slaps yes. him and gets him out yeah. of there. So yeah, so then obviously, yeah, obviously depending on what you do, it goes a few different ways. So for example, the way mine goes, because you surrender, is uh, you surrender, you get arrested, uh, you go to prison, I believe you're in prison for, I think it's 15 years? Yes, that sounds right. Uh, and then you come out, Sean's looking older and quite buff. Um, yep, he and was then living I've, with the grandparents, I believe, and think. Oh, that's the thing. Since yeah. Sean, that, that's what doesn't sit well with me, is like, okay... All this crazy shit happened. You finally, guys, you get arrested. Daniel's just off the hook. Like, I feel like no one puts two and two together with his, like, superpowers. And, like, he isn't ever, like, taken to some laboratory to be experimented on. They're just like, oh, well, he's a juvenile, so he's scot-free. It's like, yeah. what? That just doesn't, like, that doesn't explain anything. So what? Sean goes to jail for all these murders and people dying, but, like, they don't really have, like, an explanation for any of it. And then I guess he gets out on good behavior 15 years later. It just felt yeah. very, like, I. they're trying to force, like, a happy end ending there yeah and then there's also i think there's a few variations in who can be there yeah lila apparently i was gonna say this is a big thing i didn't know this um again credit to outside extra for explaining this but yeah that apparently because there's a couple points that even though lila is only in episode one there's a couple points where you can like call her and check up on her um because in one sort of timeline something weird happens and she goes she ends up being like admitted to hospital like, it's implied that something went really wrong in her life, and she's, like, really struggling with something. But yeah, it's kind of, if you end up interacting with Lila in all the possible ways, yeah, Lila will be there when you get out of prison. Uh, and I think Karen can also be there or not be there, depending on how your relationship is with her. So, That's like, she right. was there And Finn, for me, even, I think, if, depending on if you kissed him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just it's crazy. For sure. But and that's the yeah. thing. The only other thing I want to mention was the outcome where Sean dies. Daniel also just goes f full supervillain and just like becomes blonde-haired evil kid living on his yeah, own in Mexico. Tips. And yeah, that's another scene where these guy these thugs come to f mess with him and like pull a gun on him and he like just completely obliterates the guy's minions and then uh like the guy who's holding the gun, he ends up using the force like point the gun at his own head and i was thinking like well if this is like super no morality daniel he's probably just gonna pull the trigger but he let him go and i was just kind of like oh man i guess daniel's just no one to fuck with now yeah and then i think there's a little kind of like montage at the end 
of it just kind of it shows a few like pictures of like what's been happening in the guys' lives. Um, and so I think in the one I was like, there's a shot of like Daniel becomes a barista. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, something something weird like that. Like you kind of see where their lives are going. What made me sad is I discovered after the fact that I think in 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 one of the outcomes where you end up in Mexico, Cassidy comes to visit you. And that was the only thing that made me sad that I didn't get to see Cassidy again at any point. Yeah, in um, fact, even in though I would, my outcome yeah. uh, since I ended up in Mexico and he didn't, uh, I end up. I think Daniel gets like a letter in the mail from Sean, and there's like sand in it to like prove that he's at Porter Logobos, and like yeah, some Polaroid pictures that he like uses the force to send over to the grandmother that he's living with, and yeah, some of those Polaroids I think are a picture of Sean and Cassidy in Mexico. So yeah, it's. All right, so at the end, it could it, all depending on how you played it. It seems like there's some pretty good outcomes, but I don't know. I I just feel like them making it to Mexico, idea is seems to me like the ideal outcome because that's what you set out to do. But then at the in all reality, that's like the least moral outcome because yeah, you guys are just a bunch of super villains living making your own repair shop down in Mexico. But that's the thing. the The way that whole cutscene ended, if I'm not mistaken, is them just sharing beers on the beach, and it's like, well, you guys never had to atone for your like the things that the crimes you did along the way. So I don't know. I I want to like this game so bad. <laughs> Yeah, but it, and I think it's very just hit or miss. Uh, I don't know. What are your overall it, thoughts? Well, I was just going to say on that point specifically, and I'm not I'm not the first person that's, that's made this point. But there is a kind of a weird thing of they talk about Porto Lobos a lot. Like if you literally went through the game and, and tracked how many times the phrase Porto Lobos was used, it was probably quite a lot. Yeah, but they never really give an explanation of like why it's so great. And obviously, I get the kind of there might be the general idea of like going to where your ancestors were from. Yeah. But kind of, oh, it would have, I don't know, like, even if it was something basic, but if there'd been a kind of a more tangible motivation. Yeah, like a cousin like, or something where it's like, we actually have family that can help yeah, us because them, something, them, something like as that, children but... going to Mexico with no plan or job or money, it just felt like, well, now what? Well, I guess since your brother has superpowers, you're just going to exploit that. And it's very strange to me knowing that if you go the moral route, you just become a barista and live a normal life even though you're a fucking superhero otherwise you go down to the mexico and become a super villain because and you actually put your powers to use even though in the wrong way i i don't know it just feels like it was a power that's what i liked about life is strange so much was the agency of being able to control the time and everything like you didn't control anything in life is strange too it was very much you felt helpless and were like hoping that your brother would obey you and shit which was a cool angle but also I don't know. I I hate Daniel, even to this day. (laughs) So yeah, just before I get onto my overall general point, I just want to say one thing. I would have loved if there'd been a secret um, ending with, obviously, because Daniel... um, Sorry, with with Sean, obviously, with his eye patch, if he just um, looks straight down the camera and says, I want to speak to you about the Avengers Initiative. Yeah, right? That's what I mean. It felt like it was leading up to, like, (laughs) Daniel could be somebody cool, but uh, as a kid, he was a real shithead. Yeah, but if you don't mind me starting in terms of my overall feelings on the oh, game, please it's, do. it's it's disappointed because you can see the potential that was there. Yeah. Like the best way the best way I can explain it is if every single episode had been just bad, I'd have basically been thought like I'd kind of just be like, Okay, Life is Strange One, that was kinda of lightning in a bottle. They found it once, they had their one-hit wonder, and that was great, and that's fine. And then you just go, okay, they tried to replicate it, it didn't work. But the sad thing is that, like, kind of like we said, like, 
episode three especially, you can tell that they can still do it. They've still got the skill and the writing Absolutely. to build really quick. Like, they can still do it. They could do that again. And, and that's the saddest thing, is that they had those moments of brilliance, but just everything else around it was just so mediocre and kind of like, like I said at the beginning, I like from a genre perspective the whole general idea of you have a choose your choose your decisions, but that's not an absolute and that depends on like that as a premise is a really cool idea. Yeah. From a narrative perspective. And I'd like to see someone else try that. I know kind of narrative games have died away a little bit. But from purely a narrative perspective, that's great. But just everything around this, like as much as I think people people hearing us speak about this could say, oh, we probably see the first game with kind of rose-tinted spectacles. Absolutely. And, the, we are and that we, we over-hype and we over-exaggerate. And, and, and that's fully... That's fully I, I, I fully concede that. Yes. But, I, I, but nevertheless, I think the first game just gripped its atmosphere and its style so well. Like, like one of the very first scenes in the first game... Max is just like walking down the hallway in her school. There's a, it's a relatively famous song playing, but you get the whole sense of like, it's a bit cliche, but it's classic. She's the shy girl. No one really talks to her. And high school's a terrible time. And that's a really good hook. Whereas if you ask me, like, okay, the, okay, the very, very opening of this is basically just like Sean and Daniel having kind of brotherly arguments. Like, that's just not as interesting a no. hook. Nope, like, and I think yeah. their hook was a delayed hook in, oh, my dad just got killed before my eyes, and I'm like, I guess that's a hook, and it just, I don't know, it wasn't what I wanted out of the game. Like I said, I was more invested in that opening party, being like, I can't wait, and then it just exactly. never pans out. <laughs> go back go back to the teen drama, that's what that's what worked. Yeah, pretty much. And that's, I, and I, I feel think- like they were also, and I'm sure we've said this on previous ep- episodes of ABTS, is that they were going for the look at me or like look how brave and compelling of a game we're providing by like touching on these political things that other games aren't delving into and i think there is a little bit of merit there but in all reality like i said us as gamers that's not what we're playing the game for we are playing for the team drama we're playing for the things that uh were the the surprises that we're not expecting i feel like that is my biggest takeaway from this is this game had such a cool premise and there's so many avenues they could have taken it and they took it a very specific direction in which only a few of those uh avenues were interesting like i said episode three that was by far the highlight of this whole game exactly and i think like on the one hand it's really really great that quite a big game like yeah we had we had two we had two not just boring white men protagonists and like they did touch on what are important and genuine issues and okay right you could maybe say it's a little bit exaggerated but i'm sure you could find towns and people like that that kind of just on site see people and just like right i, I don't agree with you and it's 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 well documented uh, specifically in terms of people trying to get uh, back and forth across the border like it's not that these aren't problems and it's and it's certainly conversations that it's it's really important to have but yeah you could have done it in a nuanced way and like that's the thing like, I would argue that the first game took a lot of quite heavy big topics in nuanced ways I think yeah suicide uh, amongst other things uh, they handled exactly like, like suicide P- well they actually they didn't handle the PTSD very well in the first no, game no no they, they, they didn't and yeah I know that's not great and I know I think Judge Greg has often pointed out like there's 
I think it's after episode two of the first game, they make a whole thing about, oh, here's loads of, like, services if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts or whatever. And they don't do anything f- about that for PTSD. In which they definitely should have, yeah. Which they should have, because they kind of use PTSD as a trope, which isn't fair. No, like, absolutely that's not. That's not right at all. Like, don't use that as, like... Oh, okay. We need we need David to do something crazy and fly off a handle and and strike his daughter and like okay, that's a how can bad we justify scene in and of it? itself? <laughs> yeah, don't use PTSD as the justification yeah. for that. Like, yeah. So it yeah, it life is strange has, has has sometimes missed the mark in trying to deal with important issues, but I think it 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 hit the mark a lot more in the original game, whereas I think in this. I don't know if they were kind of like, oh, we got we got lots of positive feedback because we touched on these important issues. So let's do that a lot more. Right. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's great, but you have to make sure you do it properly. Yeah, and make sure each episode is equally compelling and not like it feels like two and four were just fillers and in which that Ugh. were like fillers that weren't that great to begin with. No. Um, but that's what I mean. I think that's going to do it for this full conversation. Uh, overall, like I said, I think for me, I'm struggling to give it a six, but I'm going to give it a six out of 10 because I do think it's a game worth playing through. If you are into the life is strange style games and, uh, just story, uh, narrative based games, it's one you don't want to miss, but by all means play the original and even before the storm was more compelling than this and before the storm was by a different uh developer if i'm not mistaken that was by deck nine uh, instead of don't yes. so that's what i mean even another developer's take on the life is strange like universe they did a good job with that even it's, without the time travel stuff so that that's the other thing i was going to say is that in all the time of playing uh, life is strange 2 it's kind of and i want to replay it do a bit of a 180 on on Before the Storm, because when Before the Storm came out, I really enjoyed it, and I was kind of really surprised that kind of, like you say, a different studio really managed to nail that Life is Strange essence, and I really loved it. But there was always the part of me that goes, oh, but as soon as the main studio comes back to it, they're going to do something epic. Yeah, knock then, it out oh, of the park. The, ma- the main studio has failed, and it kind of, it's really made me evaluate, and it's like, no, Before the Storm is a really, really standout game. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I, I would. If you're going to rank it, I would definitely say Life is Strange one before the storm, and then Life is Strange two if 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 you really want to. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. I I don't know. I feel like now knowing this information, if they continue the franchise with a Life is Strange three, boy, you bet I'll be a little more skeptical about buying this one. Like I got uh, Life is Strange two gifted to me, like all episodes at once, even though they weren't out yet. It's like as they come out, you can download them. Uh, as a gift because my, I think, yeah, was she my fiance at that point? Jesus, she's my wife now. But uh, she gifted me that because she knew how big of a fan I was of the Life is Strange previous games. Uh, yes. Oh, man, though. It was just, yeah, big disappointment. And I that's the thing. It was more expensive this time around and a much longer wait in between episodes. So if they try to pull mm-hmm. that shit again with a Life is Strange 3, I'll just wait. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, actually. This isn't... It has a name, um, their next game. Uh, it's definitely not Life is Strange 3. But Don't Not have actually been in the news and not in a positive way about the next game that they're working on. Uh-oh. Um, because basically the next game they're working on, I think has a transgender protagonist um which is great again diversity and representation that's great yeah but it's come to light it's come to light that there's no one who actually is transgender like working on the team and the writing or anything yeah that's so a lot of people have been like are you just crowbarring in diversity with no actual understanding false representation yes yeah that's kind of shitty 
so yeah, I think they've been catching some heat for that. I, uh, I feel like it's called like Nevermind or something. But that anyway. also proves my point of them just trying to be like, look at us pushing the envelope. It's like you don't need to be that studio. You could just do cool fucking sci-fi shit, you know? Yeah, and it's like if you're gonna do that stuff, please do it properly. We add that don't too. Just Absolutely, do it for the sake of doing it, and so you can say, "Oh, look how progressive we are." You're not progressive if you're I think just that's putting their it angle. In to tick a box, which is really a shame. So yeah. I hope that I hope that they kind of look at again at some of that stuff. But for we sure. shall but see. Nick, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. We talked for nearly two hours. That was a really good recap. Uh, but I'm honestly we go- surprised we got it in less than three, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but before we go, I do want uh, to give you an opportunity to plug your podcast that may or may not be coming back this year. Uh, where can our listeners find that and you on the internet? Right. So, yeah, I, d- I did once long in the deep mists of ancient time uh, run a podcast called Gamers Without Borders. Um, I'll be completely upfront and say it was an unmitigated uh, ripoff of this, uh, <laughs> no, pretty much. Not. But, um, yeah, no, um, had a had a, had a few different hosts over the years. It, it ran for a good while. Uh, most recently, obviously, myself and Judge Greg, who have, have often guested both separate and together on this show. Uh, and we are, I am really hoping that 2020, I at least want to get one episode out, even if one episode a year. You can but, do it. Um, we believe in you. Whatever. But yeah, so um, yeah, you can find that on Twitter. Um, yeah, so you can find that just search Gamers Without Borders, um, or, or you can find us specifically on Twitter at GWBPod. I'll completely level with you on that. I control that Twitter account, and I've not tweeted out of it for ages. It's, um, it's fine. <laughs> as for um, as for me on Twitter, if you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm probably going to rename myself at Cassidy is my bay. Oh, there we go. Um, because she absolutely is. <laughs> If anyone out there wants to do some fan art, I normally don't suggest that, but I feel like I haven't shut up so much. So there you go. That's a that's a video game crush for me. Uh, no, you can actually boyfriend. Yep, I might I might put that in my Twitter bio. Actually, nice. perfect, uh, perfect boyfriend. <laughs> no, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, another GMG blog. I just tweet about random stuff and normally just send memes and gifts of people and tweet Doug whenever I see something related to Guy Fieri. So hell uh, yeah, yeah, have fun with that. That's a good account to follow. And oh listener- my god, Guy Fieri in the next Life is Strange game. I'm trying to get him on the show. I emailed his agent. Are you actually? But yeah, but oh it's my not going to happen. Uh, but anyway, if you like Doug, show- <laughs> ne- never give up, Doug. Uh, it's ABT Silence on all the places uh social media twitch.tv slash abt silence if you want to see us live streaming i've been playing horizon zero dawn's dlc lately so that Ooh. might be wrapping up soon and then i'll be getting on to kingdom hearts 3 dlc which nobody wants but you'll be able to check it out there if you want to uh but that was a episode it was great having you nick i'm glad we could finally check this one off the list it's been a long time coming doing life is strange 2 spoiler cast so that was a blast it's been amazing thank you very much doug we will be back next week see you guys See ya. Love you, Cassidy. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.